thing. We're really into it, right? We're all excited. But then all of a sudden you get to a place where you don't know what to do. And you, count, you, you hit a brick wall. And you're like, God, I'm following you. I'm trusting you. There's momentum. There's excitement. I've added. I've followed. I've blocked. But now I need a way maker. I need a way maker. I need you to make a way in the middle of the of my personal desert, like the children of, Is of Israel with Moses at the Red Sea, where they get to a place where they're just like, this is impossible. We don't know how to do it. We don't know how to go on from here. You think you've arrived? Just think about it. They've just escaped Pharaoh. They've just escaped slavery in Egypt. And now they're on their way. They're free and they're going. But are they really? Because journey, faith is a fight for faith. And I want to ask you this morning if we together are going to fight for our faith. It doesn't just happen. It doesn't just happen. You have to fight for it. You have to be intentional about, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to fight for my faith. I'm going to dig deeper. I'm going to find you in the midst of my wilderness, as the children of Israel did. I love that song, Waymaker. We'll be adding that to our, our lyrics, by the way, or our songs. Worship team, you're just doing amazing. Lead us in worship. We thank you for your sacrifice. Yes. For you're practicing, you're practicing, you're learning the songs, you're coming to practice, and you are ushering us into the presence of God. And we know that there are great, amazing things ahead for us as we press into the Lord. Waymaker, he's the waymaker, the miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. Our God, that is who he is. Can you say that? The waymaker. So, do you need a miracle today for a miracle worker? Do you need some promise that he's promised you in his word? God, you're the promise keeper, right? You're going to keep your promises. How many of you in your mind have lists of people that you think, yep, they keep their promises? Nope, they don't. They're going to say they do, but they don't. Now, I'm not talking about situations come in. Nobody feel guilty if you promised you would bring a dessert yesterday for Agnes. We expect it next week. <laughs> If you made a promise to us that you were bringing something, <laughs> there's your guilt trip for the day. Are you a promise keeper? Do you need light in the darkness? My God, that is who he is. Can you say that? Isn't that true? That's my God. My God is going to do a miracle. He's going to keep his promises. He's going to give light in the middle of the darkness. And I thought as we go through today, having just come off what we're going to do with social media and everything that comes at us, all of the different things that come at us with social media. Really, literally, if we allowed ourselves to, and some personalities more than others, could become fearful of the coronavirus and what they're saying. It could come at us. So in our last series, we were talking about the things that come at us. Now today, I want us to address the things that are inside of us, what God wants to do in us, not what comes at us, but what goes out of us. We learn from the children of Israel and from Moses in Exodus chapter 13. Point number one is in verses 13, or chapter 13, verses 17 and 18. 
when Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them along the main road that runs through Philistine territory, even though that was the shortest route to the promised land. God said, if the people are faced with a battle, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led them in a roundabout way through the wilderness toward the Red Sea. Thus the Israelites left Egypt like an army ready for battle. Number one, we have got to let God lead. And how many of you on your journey know that he did not take the main route or the shortest, but a turnaround and a turnabout? Now, as they've began building across the United States, those turnabouts, I don't know if you like them or not, but they drive me crazy where I get to a place and I have to go the whole turnaround and try to figure out which road I'm going on now because there's four of them. You know, all the, but to slow the traffic, that's what God does. He takes us every single time, I'm promising you, around a turnabout. Here, here the children of Israel, they thought for sure they were going to make a straight way right across to the promised land, the promise that God had given them. But now they had to trust the way maker that he would keep his promise, even though they didn't go the shortest way and they didn't take the main road. Every one of us have plans and paths that we have prepared in our lives, that we think this is how God will lead. And then all of a sudden, he does it. Such as cutbacks and layoffs in the job, as one of our precious members experienced this week. When you're like, I, I didn't plan that. that. That wasn't part of my plan. Or that unexpected pregnancy. I'm going to tell you, truthfully, I, hope, I don't think my son will listen to the podcast, so we'll be safe. <laughs> On our one-year anniversary, I got pregnant with Joel. I cried for six months at the altar. Six months. It was, I wasn't ready. It wasn't the right time. And Janice Myers, one of our board members' wives, she cried with me all six months. <laughs> all six months. She's there, honey, I get it. I get it. It's going to be okay. I'm still not sure it was okay. But anyway. <laughs> God leads when we don't expect it. Things come in and we think, how did this happen? Because he usually doesn't lead down the main road and he doesn't take the shortest route. Number two, we have to lean into faith. We have to dig deeper in our faith. In chapter 14 of Exodus 10 through 14, as Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and they panicked. Because when God doesn't take the main road and he takes the, the turnabouts and not the shortest route, there is panic. You wonder, God, what are you doing? How could I be pregnant? How could I lose a job? How could this have happened? And as the people of Israel, these are God's people. I love the stories in the Old Testament, friends, because the New Testament tells us they're for our learning, because we identify with where they're going. The children of God, the people of Israel, looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. And they cried out to the Lord, and they said to Moses, 
Why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Have you ever thought that? God, I'm just dying anyway. Why didn't I die back there in slavery? Verse 12. Didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? They're still having their temper tantrum. We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. Because though they were slaves in Egypt, they were provided for. They knew the routines of life. They knew what was going to happen day in and day out. How many of you hate change like me? Change is hard on us. But here they are. We fight through the change. And they're like, I might as well have been a dead corpse in the wilderness. I'm going to die out here. You know, I'll be a dead, dead corpse in the wilderness or be buried in Egypt. What's going to happen? Verse 13, but Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Easy for Moses to say. He's close to God. The rest of the people are wondering, I wish I were back in Egypt. I, I can't see this ever happening. That's when we have to lean in to faith. Have you ever had to lean into somebody or lean on? I am not a good uh, amusement park person. You do not want me because I need to have a little child under four that I can go to Kittyland and ride the little bug roller coaster with them. I'm not good because if I'm on that ride and, and Pastor Doug is sitting next to me, he has, he's bleeding from the nails, holding on, leaning on to him, knowing he feels secure, so I'm going to partner with him in that security. I'm going to hold on tight as I can. When we feel like the children of Israel and we cry out, what did we even do this for? Why did we follow God out of Egypt just to die in the wilderness? We lean into somebody like Moses. We lean into our faith that says, God, I know you've got this. I know you've got this. I got to stay calm. I need to stay calm. I need to stand still because you're going to rescue me. How many of you are fixers by nature? Yeah. You just want to get it done. You want to get it fixed. Sometimes God says, I just want you to stand still. I want you to stay calm. I want you to persevere, and I'll fix it. I'll work. You will see the salvation of the Lord. Then we have to learn obedience, number three. In verses 15 through 18, the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving. Pick up your staff and raise your hand over the sea. Divide the water so the Israelites can walk through the middle of the sea on dry ground. Yeah, right. And I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians. And they will charge in after the Israelites. But my glory will be displayed through Pharaoh and his troops, his chariots, and his charioteers. When my glory is displayed through them, all Egypt will see my glory and know that I am. Am God. Friends, that's powerful. God says to Moses, stop the crying. Stop the whining. 
pick up your staff and get moving. I remember when we were seeking the Lord about planting the church, and one of our coaches and mentors said, you've got to get the car out of park. It's got to be in drive in order for you to move forward. And once you drive, as you're traveling down the roads, you will see signs that lead you and guide you and connect you to where you need to go. You've got to get out of park. But we stay in park, like frozen in fear, not wanting to move anywhere because we don't know what to do or where to go or how to even do this. Friends, the very first week we planted the Journey Church, and for the first couple years, we got 25% of the tithe that came in. Think of what you give each week, and then think of what that 25% is, and then know you needed to be praying for us harder. <laughs> Learn obedience. Learn obedience. God says, get moving, pick up the stick, and here's what's going to happen. I will, they will, the world will. That's what he says right there. I will do this. They will respond like this. And then all the world will see when we walk in obedience for whatever God is calling us to do, wherever he calls us. And then in chapter 15, we have to lift your praise. Lift your praise. And Moses and the people, as they had crossed the Red Sea on dry ground, represented in that image. I want you to look at that image a minute. Can you for one minute imagine walking through that? The faith that it took to say, God, you've parted the sea and I'm going to walk? I can imagine, you know, a, a little step at first and then running like crazy to get to the other side before the waters come down because it's faith every step of the way in the middle of the storm, in the middle of the parted waters, in the middle of the way maker we trust him because he's a miracle worker. He's a promise keeper. He's the light of the darkness. So they're on the other side and is it any wonder they would lift their voice in praise and say, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. He's hurled both the horse and the rider into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song, and he's given me victory. This is my God, and I will praise him. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. That's the way maker. That's the path that we need to walk every day of our lives that we need to let God lead. We need to lean into our faith more than ever. We need to learn to walk in obedience and we need to lift our praise because he is the way maker and he will make a way where there seems to be no way. And we as a church are going to need a waymaker as the Journey Church. We're going to need God to help us as we lean into our faith and walk in obedience and learn to trust him. Pastor Josh and Kristen.
Hey guys, what a beautiful uh, teaching that was to hear from Pastor Lori. And today is a beautiful and emotional day uh, for the Cullen family here at The Journey. Uh, the past four and a half years, you have loved and cared and supported and honored and blessed and encouraged my daughters and Kristen and myself. Uh, and that's the heartbeat of the church. That's the heartbeat of the journey, <laughs> to love and support one another, no matter the season of life that we're walking in. And we know that life is lived in seasons. We know life is lived in seasons. And for our little family, it's time for a season of transition. Um, Kristen and I were called uh, by the founding pastors of Thrive Church in Houston, Texas, uh, a church that we helped to plant and to build for five years. Um, he asked us if we would be willing to carry on the vision of Thrive Church as he stepped into a new place of ministry. Uh, and this past weekend, after a few weeks of prayer and counsel and wisdom and searching and seeking, uh, Kristen and I officially accepted the position to become lead pastors of Thrive Church. Uh, so today, I am submitting my resignation from the journey and my last Sunday will be March the 15th. Uh, this is not an easy move, uh, but it's a step of faith, and it's a step of obedience that we felt that God has called us toward. Uh, we're going to continue to pray for and carry the heart of the journey with us and know that God will continue to do great things right here. I want to thank you for your prayers and your support for our family and your prayers and your support for our pastors. We love you, Journey Church. If you guys know Josh and I, we are creatures of habit. <laughs> when we were married in 2004, right? <laughs> we thought we knew what every single step of our life was. <laughs> we thought we knew the exact plan God had. We saw it. As we stepped into ministry in Houston in 2005, we thought we would be there forever. It changed. And we followed in obedience and we let God lead. And in 2015, he brought us to this amazing place. And we are so comfortable in the life we have here. But sometimes God works outside of our comfort zone. It's been the most amazing thing to watch God's confidence in Josh and I in the last month or so. As he opened a door that was just absolutely terrifying. We were praying and I was reading a devotion one of the mornings and I read a quote by Craig Rochelle who is a a pastor, large, pastor of a large church and a, and a well-known author. And he said, the path to your greatest potential goes straight through your greatest fear. And I knew in that moment that God was calling us to walk through something really scary. Leaving my parents, leaving my, my aunts and my uncles and my cousins and leaving the family that we've created here. 
but we know that we know that we know that this is God's hand. We have a peace and a confidence that God's just got our family for the last 15 years as Josh and I have developed, have created a family, has kind of lifted us and placed us, and it's been so evident every step of the way, and this is no different. And I have to tell you who your pastors are, and I know they're my mom and dad, so I'm a little biased. <laughs> we got home from Houston on Tuesday from the airport, and we walked into our house, and on our house and on our kitchen table were a gift for each of the girls and a card from my parents to us. <laughs> you know what? I don't know that I have anything else to say. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> And in the, in the card, it talked about the fact of how proud they are of Josh and I and the ministry potential that we have and the fact that God is going to change lives through us if we allow it. It wasn't about the fact that Journey Church is going to be sad or the fact that there's going to be change or the fact that I'm taking their granddaughters <laughs> to Houston. <laughs> it was about the fact that God's hand was in it. That's who my mom and dad are. They know that this is hard, but they know that it's God. And they are going to be the example of faith to let God lead as the journey moves forward. And Josh and I are so excited to see the future of the journey and see what God continues to do through each one of you. We're forever grateful for what you guys have meant to us and our family. You'll forever have a place in our heart. And like Josh said, his last Sunday is March 15th. Um, me and the girls will be around till June, so you'll see us more often, <laughs> just as the girls finish school. But we love you guys and we thank you. We thank you for what you've done to our, what you've been to our family. We thank you for your prayers. We thank you for your commitment to the heart of Jesus so that other people can come in from this community, walk in these doors, and know who he is. Because at the end of the day, that's what we're here for, is to pull people to Jesus. Is anybody available to preach my sermon back to me? <laughs> <clears throat> I just want to say a word as the board is coming. Because for us, this is, uh, uh, that's why the board's going to speak. Um, a difficult call in a million ways, friends. But I have settled in my heart that it is God's will. And I'll tell you why. Kristen had an opportunity. She has been traveling more and more to Houston where her company is at. She loves her job. She reminds me very much of Doug's mother, who was a vice president of the Coca-Cola bottling company where, way before women ever were recognized in the business world. And as I would watch her leave more and more to go to Houston, and Josh is an amazing man in it, every single area there is. He's an amazing man. 
our daughter's amazing. But as I would see him care for the girls um, and her traveling more, there was an opportunity for her to have a position here as a junior vice president of the company in the Midwest. And Doug and I laid that before the Lord and said, Lord, if they get that job in the Midwest, then we know that you're calling them to stay here because Kristen will be here. But if she doesn't, we'll, we'll, we'll release them and know that it is God's will that they be together, that she never have to travel except to Chicago to see her girls. <laughs> I can't even go there. Don't even ask me to go there and see their little faces. But um, when you look around the building, when you look at the worship team, when you see the impact that they have made over the four and a half years, we are blessed. I've asked Dave to be the spokesperson for the board and for us. That, that's only because I was the least, least likely to cry, as you can see, <laughs> right? right? So this morning I got up and I went to my closet Let's and I said, there. you know what, I'm gonna channel my inner Josh. So I looked at all my clothes and I said, Josh wouldn't wear any of this stuff. So I just did the best I could, all right? Well, God's timing is perfect, right? I mean, four and a half years ago, um, God brought Josh and Kristen to us exactly when we needed them, right? Um, and Kristen, we so appreciate you and everything you've done, and helping your dad with the music and that kind of stuff. But you're gonna be here for a while, okay? So um, you're gonna stay till the kids are out of school, till the house is sold. So we'll to my graduate. Yeah, yeah, that would really be God's timing, wouldn't it? But we're we're gonna we're gonna talk about Kristen a little bit later. But I just kind of wanted to talk a little bit about about Josh. Now, you know, he had no intention of staying in ministry um, when he was here, right? When he came, no intention at all, right? And God said, "Well, that's fine, but nobody's gonna hire you, right?" <laughs> so Pastor Lori came to the board and said, "You know, we." We, this guy has this great skills. Maybe we could talk him into doing this and doing that. And you know how she works, right? If anybody's got to talk to Pastor Lori, she's looking. She's already got you slotted in someplace. But God's timing is perfect, right? Josh came in at the perfect time for us. We were at the Legion. We didn't know what we were going to do next. We needed some systems in place. Um, you know, he guided us through the renovation of this building. He put systems in place to, to help us with our security, with help us with the children. He, he, he helped us um, develop more of a children's ministry along with everybody else in here that volunteers, right? Um, and he, he tried to, well, he tried to teach me how to do the announcements, but, you know, something, some things are even beyond his, his ability, all right? Um, it, you know, it's the, but it's the little things that I see Josh do behind the scenes that, that just impress me so much. You know, and, and Pastor Lori's communicate, communicated to the board and said, you know, I'd like to see uh, uh, something up on this wall or something over here, and poof, it's done. You know, we, we really appreciate that skill set. And, and just the attention to detail that Josh brings to, uh, to the journey, you know. Um, nobody, and nobody sees that stuff. I don't even notice it half the time until Pastor Lori points it out to us. But uh, um, we, we so appreciate his obedience to God's call. And I, I, I know you kept going when you came here. No, God, no, not again. I'm not going, no, no. But 
God kept knocking and Josh heard it and, and he was kind enough to, to help Journey get to the point we're at. Um, now, uh, we really love and appreciate the fact that, that God has loaned you to us and uh, we thank you for being faithful to Hebrews 11.1, 1, which says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about uh, what we do not see. So a walk by faith is, is an interesting walk, and it's really tough for somebody who's a micromanager, right? Oh. <laughs> uh, I'm not, I don't want to bring up anybody, but I'm just saying, okay? Um, but now that you're leaving, I've, I've got just a few questions for you, okay? Um, so how do you get your hair to stand up like that? <laughs> right? And why are you still wearing your bowling shoes to church? <laughs> all right, all right, all right. And, uh, and the other question I have for you is, is there a possibility that at Thrive Now they'll institute some sort of guest announcer position that people can come in and, no, not a chance, huh? Yeah. Um, but before I move on from Josh, I, I just want to get your commitment that, you know, this was all kind of a fast thing that happened, right? Bang, bang, bang. So will you come back so that we can really honor you and give you a real journey send-off? Yes. Yes. There's a reason why I, there's a reason why I asked him right now in front of everybody. <laughs> That's my gift. All right. So let's turn our attention a little bit to, uh, to pastors Lori and Doug. And, I know Christian and Joss have been such a big help since, they, since they've been here and uh, at the journey and, and also on, on the personal side, you know, all the things they help them with through on the daily life and that kind of thing. Um, personally, I think that this has something to do with you giving those kids too much candy. You think there's any truth to that? I'm just saying, I'm not saying, right? Uh, but uh, God tells us, in Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes 3.1, to everything there is a season and a time uh, to every purpose under heaven. I think this was the season. This was the opportunity for you to build that foundation with your grandkids. This was a time when you could really bond with them. And those things don't go away. We know that. I mean, everybody that's had a grandparent remembers those times and they carry with it throughout your life. And they're going to do the same thing. So this was a special time, and we're excited to see how we move forward, right? Yes, we are. She's doing wonderful holding this back, so let me just tell you. Um, and that's the thing. I'm looking forward to what God has in store for the Journey Church. Um, you know, this guy's amazing. Kristen brings such a great skill set and, and abilities that she shared with us, but what does God have for us next, right? So if, if he brought us this great guy, imagine, imagine what he's got in the wings for us, right? Um, so I, I just wanna talk a little bit about your extended family. So, I mean, and sometimes it's, like I said, it's difficult to see the whole picture, but we're wa all walking in faith. And um, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 tells us, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not on your own understanding, right? So we don't understand this, you know? It doesn't make sense to us. I mean, they're kind of part of us. We kind of adopted them. Now they're just leaving the family. I know you're not leaving the family. Um, you'll always be part of the family. But 
we don't understand it, but like I said, I know God has something really exciting for us, and we have to continue to walk in that faith that He's the next thing that's going to happen here is going to be taking us to another level from where Josh took us. Um, so, do you think by where are you at? Do, do you think there's an opportunity here for more announcement time? Nope. For Denise and I, there's no shot at that. Huh? I'm just, I'm just trying to look at all the positives, you know. So as you go, we want to pray for you. Do you want to, uh, you want to come down in, in front here? Yeah. Why don't everybody? you guys um, go ahead down, and we're going to pray for you. And congregate board, you can go down, congregation.